everybody and welcome to the Maya Minds podcast. I'm your host George and here at Maya Minds we want to demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the exercising and sporting community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Maya Minds podcast. I am George, the host of the Maya Minds podcast and the founder of Maya Minds, as I'm sure you all know by now if you've been listening. Uh, if this is your first episode, then now you know, so hello. Um, today I'm here with the man that I've known for a year and I'm still scared to pronounce his name, so I'm just going to go with G. Um, <laughs> G, can you f- first of all explain how you actually pronounce your name? Um, and then also tell us a bit about yourself um, and what it is you do. Yeah, so hi everyone. So yes, I'm usually called G, but real name's Guillermo, uh, but I like to be called Guille. So Gui from guitar and Ye from yellow. So you just pair that up and yeah. Guille. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's me. And I don't know, a little bit about myself. Um, I was originally born in Spain. I moved to the States when I was six months old and then lived there for about 14 years. Moved back to Spain to finish uh, high school. And then I went to go study over at Aberdeen, uh, Scotland for, I did a nutrition undergrad. And then I finished off a master's in sports nutrition, uh, which is where I met George. And since there, it's kind of history. And then we just kind of fed it up and yeah. And now just kind of taking some time off after our master's degree. Exactly. Trying to, trying to de-stress. Although if anything, I've just given myself more stuff to do. And I know you've got <laughs> coaching and stuff. So yeah. but as soon as I get free time, I'm like, the whole time I'm, I'm doing master's and running my minds and stuff. And I'm like, oh, as soon as I finish master's, I'm going to have free time and I'm going to finally chill. And then I get free time and then I'm like, oh, I should do more mm. things. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It, just a never-ending circle. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, as you said, we've known each other for a while now. We met on the master's course. People who have been following Maya Minds for a bit will kind of recognize you. Um, mm-hmm. You helped out for, with Maya Minds for a while, and you wrote some of the, the Think Maya Minds posts that we, we used yeah. to do, and hopefully I'm going to start bringing them back um, in the future. I'm just so busy at the moment. People who like that <laughs> stuff, I'm, I apologize profusely, but I've just got a lot, a lot on. Um, so, Gia... I'm going to call you by your proper name. Um, Just to kind of start off, um, people who have read your Maya Mind story will know all about this. Um, But obviously people know that my experience with an eating disorder and I know that you've had experience yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, For the people listening and who haven't read your Maya Mind story, um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I, when I was about, say, 15, I kind of started dealing with a bit of depression and anorexia and how that kind of started about was so when I moved back to Spain at the age of 14 it was mainly because my parents got a divorce and my mom wanted to move back to her hometown which is uh, Las Palmas in Gran Canaria so we moved back here my dad stayed back in in the states so it was kind of a new time for me and I had to meet new friends start a new school so that was a bit new and then I guess at that age, you're kind of all, you're also a bit into like your body image and making sure you're accepted. And that was a lot about me when I was around 15. So I started training a lot and mainly because, you know, it was a way to fill in the gaps for me Um, because I also left my best friend back home as well. So 
I felt a bit lost and just out of place. And what I had at that time was exercise and kind of my studies. So I was exercising a lot, probably six to seven days a week. And since I was quite obsessed of having a six pack, looking nice and skinny and things like that, I just, every week I just kind of decreased my calories even more. I would be running more, going more to the gym. And that just got into a really bad cycle. And that was for a good, decent year. And after a year, you know, um, my parents really got, you know, they really kind of saw the issue I was having. And so I just went into, I went to therapy. And then from there on, it kind of was like an upscale, right? I just started learning about, you know, how important nutrition is and eating. And that would, that's what actually got me into studying nutrition because I started seeing that, you know, nutrition for me was actually uh, a remedy. And since there, I kind of wanted like, you know, I wanted to show people the good side about nutrition. And since there it was kind of history, but yeah, that was kind of my story, a bit of anorexia, depression. And I think you, you know, George, like you never get cured from it, but you start learning to adapt from it. And I think since then it brought me to many things like working with you in my own minds and, you know, going things into working into with wellness kind of meetings that I did in my master's that we can touch upon later on and things like mm -hmm. that. But yeah, that's kind of a short story there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. And I wonder, um, you know, I'm, not that everyone kind of is, is open about their eating disorders like we are, mm -hmm. but I wonder how, because it's similar with me. The, the reason I got so into nutrition was because I had an eating disorder and I, I, yeah. I, I always was reading up about food and, and things. So I mm -hmm. ended up realizing I found it interesting. And that's why I did the masters that we did, the exercise nutrition. So I, yeah, it's interesting to, I wonder if there are, I wonder if that's like a, a correlating thing or there's yeah. some kind of relationship there. Could um, be. Yeah. Cause I'm like, obviously there's so many jobs that are in food and stuff. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if that's a thing. Never thought about that. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what kind of the, <clears throat> the main topic, and I'm sure the title of it will, will say this of this podcast, what I want it to be about is mostly around tracking diet um, and kind of your tracking your food, you know, my fitness power, that kind of stuff. A lot of people do it. Um, my, I, my personal experience with it is, is negative. Um, and it's, and it's been bad and, and often I try and steer people away from tracking, or at least I, 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 I say that, you know, it should be a, a part-time thing. And, and, you know, that, that's my opinion, just based on my experience. Yeah. But, um, on the flip side, you, as far as I'm aware, have had a, a very positive experience with, um, diet tracking. So I thought it could be interesting for us to talk about that. So can you tell, tell us how you started tracking or why you started tracking and then how that actually helps you? Yeah. So I think my tracking really started about uh, actually when I moved over to Aberdeen. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do CrossFit and the CrossFit gym I was going to at the moment, the head coach, um, I don't, know, I don't know if any of your listeners know, but CrossFit, uh, the diet they kind of recommend to any, you know, CrossFit athlete is the zone diet. And the zone diet is really based on a prescription of, of blocks per day. Oh, I've, never heard, so, I've, I've never heard of the zone diet before. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bit interesting. Um, so the way it works is you have, for example, for me, I had 17 blocks per day. So that means I had 17 blocks of carbs carbohydrates, 17 blocks of proteins, and 17 blocks of fat. Mm -hmm. What that is equal to is a block of carbohydrate is nine, gram, nine grams of carbohydrate, 
protein okay. is seven grams and then fat is three grams now mm. the like it gets a bit complicated because the nine grams of carbohydrate doesn't include any of the fiber and then say you have a higher fat meat like protein source then your your block of fat turns into 1.5 grams okay so my coach recommended me to do this uh basically because the way crossfit recommends this it's like this is like the optimal diet per se so i started this out and that really got me into tracking because i was kind of weighing my food making sure i had you know certain blocks for a certain meal and that's what that's what got me into it the issue was that the the thing with zone diet zone diet is that it's a very huge caloric deficit so yeah i was i was trying to do the maths in my head of how many grams you'd be eating it didn't seem yeah, very much <laughs> it didn't seem very much for someone who's training six to seven days a week yeah. and very intense kind of workouts but yeah so you have this huge caloric deficit and i was obviously like leaning out like crazy but my performance was just like stuck and i just mm. wasn't getting better so i guess that's where it all really started and i did use my fitness pal a bit but at that time i was basically i would weigh everything on a sunday make all my meals for the week and then that's really it mm. so it actually started kind of in a negative place to, to, to some degree yeah i guess to some degree in the sense that i i was in a big caloric deficit mm. and um i guess in that sense it wasn't as great Although what I did enjoy about that is that I was kind of, that's what got, got me into like, okay, making sure I knew how many, you know, how much 120 grams of chicken of how much protein it has, which kind of helped me later on in my stage of my career. Cause now, you know, I'm quite good at, you know, if someone tells me, okay, how much carbs does this banana have? I can probably guesstimate yeah. quite well. So yeah. that, I, I guess in that sense, it was good. And it just showed me how to eat a bit more well-rounded and just have different meals and things like that mm. yeah i i my kind of opinion on on the tracking and i'll go more into it later on but in in that regard i think um you know in the short term or doing it in the short term for my personal beliefs mm -hmm. is i think you know like you say you learn so much about food and you you yeah. understand yeah obviously you don't learn to like a you know the level that our education taught us yeah. but you, know, you you start to understand how food works exactly and i think it can i think it can be helpful for removing that good versus bad uh, food stigma exactly. where you know a piece of cake doesn't doesn't mean that it's you know it's, it's automatically going to become fat on your body uh, just because mm -hmm. it's cake it is still just carbs proteins fats the same way mm -hmm. that if you ate a load of bananas some lean meat and some olive oil it's this you know it's it's you know obviously there are slight differences but as far as the macronutrients go it is the same thing yeah and I think that's really, that's really important for people to to learn. So I get that. So mm -hmm. so yeah, you started your tracking like this, um, yeah. and and then I as 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 far as I know from what I remember from what you told me, you started mm -hmm. seeing a like nutritionist or someone. Um, in yeah, for your disordered eating. Yeah. So because like the so the bit of the negative side as well with this a zone diet is that I was like there was days where I was really hungry and. Um, I just, I was scared of eating more, uh, just because I felt like I was starting, I was going to gain weight again. And so that brought me back a bit to my like kind of anorexia type, 
Um, that's the problem with kind of sorry, sorry to butt in. That's the problem with the, those kind of cut, like I think they call them cookie cutter diets, where you know yeah. it's the same for everyone. Is everyone exactly. is so individual, and you know, exactly. as as people who are trained in nutrition, we I, I understand you. Know, at least I personally yeah. find it very frustrating when people say, "Oh, this just follow this and you'll be fine," because it's just yeah, not, it's not how it works. And um, yeah, sorry for putting in. No, it's fine. And yeah, so. Like to give you an example, I remember one night I was like starving and I'm like, I don't know what to eat. So I remember just going into my kitchen. I had like a tub of almond butter and just started stuffing bananas <laughs> into it, just eating. And so it just got, so again, I started seeing that I was going back to that kind of stage and I'm like, okay, I really need to do something about it. Cause not only did I kind of want to have a bit of help with my kind of eating disorder nutrition, but I also wanted to get better in the gym. Mm. And I just started researching a bunch of like, I didn't work with a nutritionist. It was a nutrition coach. Um, so I just started looking at a bunch of like companies um, that kind of provided this um, support. And I came across one that is now, I think is called, still called IN3 Nutrition. And basically the, the guy who founded the company had anorexia as well. And he lived in Florida. So that's where I was in the state. So I kind of resonated with, mm. with that. And he did CrossFit as well. And one of the nutrition coaches um, he has on his team went through a sort of anorexia. And, you know, she was, a, she was a track runner as well. So, and she did CrossFit. And she got to be a kind of quite a high-level CrossFit athlete. So I really resonated with that. And I felt if there was anyone that could probably help me you know, improve my nutrition and my eating disorder, it, it was going to be someone who came across that. Mm. So I teamed up with this nutrition coach. Her name is Amanda Borelli. Uh, she's, she was great. And basically the way they work was all about tracking and they use my fitness pal a lot. And that's what introduced me then into like more tracking with my fitness pal. But this time I was eating more and apart from eating more for performance, I was eating more also to get away from those stigmas that I had with my eating disorder, try to get comfortable with eating more, going out more, uh, having a few drinks here and there, and just realizing that, you know, if you gain a bit of fat to improve your performance and gain some size, it's all right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I was working with them for about two years and that, that was a huge shift in my kind of my life. Yeah. So how, how did the, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm gen generally mm -hmm. uh, genuinely interested here. Like how, how did they manipulate your diet in a way that, that helps with that? So was it like, you know, did they just slowly increase calories or like how did that work? Yeah. So obviously the first week I started working, they kind of had me just, they didn't give me any kind of prescription of macros. All they did was right. Just track what you're eating, which was really simple for me because I've been doing for a long time at uh, that point. And they kind of see how much I was eating. And they obviously they clearly saw how I had a huge caloric deficit. Mm. And basically the first thing they did was, all right, let's increase your carbs, let's increase your protein, let's increase your fats. And it was, it was really funny because I'm like, I probably would get to like half of the amount that they gave me. And I'm like, this is way much food like what the <laughs> heck is going on and it was quite funny as well because the first week 
even though I was eating more, you'd, you'd think I'd be absolutely stuffed, which I was. But the next day, I'd get up with like a huge hunger. And that's because they said my metabolism was like ramping up. So mm. that's what they wanted. So essentially, what they would do is every week or every two weeks, um, based on my training and how I was doing, they just start increasing my calories a bit more. And they would do that by either adding more protein and carbs or adding carbs and fat. Um, it got to a stage where they kind of kept my protein at a very stable and all they do is just increase my carbs and my fat. And what they called this was a reverse dieting. Yeah. So it's essentially when you diet, you decrease calories. So the reverse is adding calories. So we just started adding calories, adding calories, trying to get my weight up as well as like my performance, my muscle mass. And then once I got to about a decent kind of high weight, then we started cutting a bit and just trying to lean out. And yeah, and then from there on, it just kept on switching. Either they increase it, they decrease it. If there was ever a stage where I had a lot of stress on me, then they would increase my car stress. You kind of need a bit more food intake for your body just to kind of be at ease. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, kind of like it was just a bit up and down all the time. But the yeah. main goal was to increase my calories as I went by. Yeah. And it's important when, for people listening, you know, if you are suffering with anorexia or something, and this isn't like a, you know, as we just said, cookie, cookie cutter diets are not exactly. correct. You, just because this worked for, for Gie, yeah. right again, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work. That's for exactly how it works with you. Make sure you go to a professional and actually get help because yeah. it will be different for every individual person. Yeah. Um, which I believe you agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's interesting because so yeah, I'll, I'll share a bit about my experiences with it. Um, and obviously it's been so positive for you that, that, mm-hmm. that time. And um, for me, when diet tracking for me was, it was just something that I became so obsessed about and right. it became, it, if anything, it's, there's, there's a term in the kind of research that they call debting which is where okay. you see exercise and see food as a, like a monetized system. So right. in my head, over so eating calories higher than what I had planned um, or exercising less than what I had planned was seen as a negative. And they gave me a negative score. So I ended up on like right. minus 10 because I ate too much food, et cetera, whatever. But then right. if I over-exercised or under-ate, then it, that gave me a positive score. And basically what it did is it, it reinforced, they reinforced each other to the point where I just started eating less and exercising more because right. they, were, they, they were seen as the positive things. So I was like, let's just make myself as positive as possible. Like, why am, I, right. why am I bothering trying to balance it? Let's just get, let's just be great. Like, exactly. so it just became this point where it just spiraled out of like, how low can I make my calories without and still be able to do the exercise that I want to do? And that's basically yeah. where, where it got to. Um, and also, you know, one of the the kind of biggest correlating factors or relation i i, I don't want to use two researchy words because some people listening might not know them so like like the thing the things that often are shown in people who have high amounts of disordered eating symptoms and have high amounts of compulsive exercise symptoms um one of one of the main ones tends to be guilt and i think i think what tracking diet did for me was it gave me a source of guilt that I could inflict okay. on myself always because 
even if, if, unless I got it all completely perfect, I just made Mm -hmm. myself like feel guilty about the fact that like, Oh, you know, I did hit everything out. Even if I did hit, I'd be like, I hit everything perfectly, but like maybe, maybe I should have had a little bit less. Like maybe I should feel guilty about that. Um, and that was really difficult for me. And and basically, basically what, what helped me was when I stopped doing it. I I did it. I did it myself. Like I I don't, I don't recommend this to anyone really. I would say go and speak to a professional, but I'm, I just, I, especially when I was in my disordered eating and, and stuff world, I was one, I was just scared to talk to people about it and seeing a professional was too scary for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, I just had such an ego of like, I know I can do it. Like I don't right. need anyone else. And that, that was, yeah. like, it is funny, but also like, you know, it was one of the things that, that drove me into eating disorders the most because mm-hmm. people would tell me you, like, you can't go on a run, like three runs a day, only eating a couple of pieces of fruit. Um, but I was like, right. you just don't, I was just like, you just don't get it. Like I'm smarter than you. Like I get it. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. like that, and that, yeah. that's what drove me. I think that's something that's common in a lot of people who have eating disorders, but yeah, anyway. Um, so I kind of did it myself with what basically I started doing. And again, please don't follow this exactly. Do go see a professional. But what I, what I started doing was, um, the first thing I did was I stopped tracking veggies. So the ones that were like, you know, okay. very little amounts of calories or whatever, I, I stopped tracking them. And then, you know, after a couple of weeks, I realized that you know, nothing bad happened to me. Um, so then, right. so then what I did is I stopped, I stopped tracking um, like sauces and other things that were maybe slightly more calories. So I stopped okay. tracking how much ketchup I put on something or anything like that. Okay. Um, and then, you know, and then I slowly just did that. And until I got to the point where I just wasn't tracking anymore. Um, right. And I was okay. more just kind of doing it in my head. So I, I guess how many calories were in something I do in my head. Yeah. Um, and then over time after that, and, and now, nowadays, I just, I just stopped doing that. And now I just eat, like, I just try and eat, you know, I try, I try and be, I don't want to say I try and eat healthy because I, I, I don't, I, that, that makes it sound like there's good and bad foods. I'm more, I try and eat the foods that make me feel good. Um, right. Okay. So yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I associate that if, you know, as much, you know, I do like eating chocolate. And yeah, I do. I, I probably eat a bit of chocolate most days, but I know yeah. if I eat if I eat a load of chocolate, it makes me feel shit the next day yeah. because I feel yeah. bloated and I feel a bit embarrassed, or not bad embarrassed, but I feel guilty for eating it. So I just don't do right. that anymore. And that's, yeah, and it's not that simple, but that's kind of where I've I've gone with it personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if, if there's anything I kind of one of the main things I've learned th- throughout my like nutrition undergrad is like. When you're trying to help people with the nutrition, what you have to, obviously every, every person is their own figure, right? And nutrition, as, as we kind of said it before, like it's not, it's not a one size fits all. It's like everyone has a different approach. And what you're trying to get is people to have a well-balanced kind of varied diet. And in that diet, that does include sometimes having a few cookies or having a beer or having a pizza because people that's a huge issue with society now is that we have this like people saying good and bad foods, mm. which sure you could put it in that way in terms of calories. But what about kind of the social aspect of food? Mm. You know, going out for a pizza with your mates is not a bad thing if you're doing it once a week. I mean, if you're doing it every day, then yeah, you're going to gain weight and maybe it's not the best approach, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just balancing out as much as you can and not going to, each extremes mm. i kind of i kind of make fun of myself because back when the states i was almost on the point of obesity and then 
I got here and then I was in the point of anorexia. So I always kind of talked that I was at both extremes and now mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting closer. And that's when I started really learning about, you know, the whole holistic approach yeah. of nutrition. Yeah. That, that, that is such an important um, thing. I know like my general rule of thumb with anything with nutrition and the thing that I tell people, if they ever ask me for like a, a one rule is, if someone tells you this is the best way to do something or the, for everyone, it's bullshit. Yeah. Like that, that's the general yeah. thumb. If, if you're on Instagram exactly. and, there's, and there's some person that you're following that says this is the way to do it and that's it, mm-hmm. they are bullshitting you. Exactly. 100% yeah. <laughs> because it's not true. For sure. It's there's, not true. There's, there's nothing in nutrition. It's like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, like, I can't, I'm trying to think. There's nothing I can think of that is 100% for everyone. I mean, okay, maybe there are like the staples of, you know, you need to eat a certain amount of protein and stuff like that. But, you know, in general, if someone says, you know, everyone should be taking this supplement, everyone has to do exactly. this diet, everyone has to eat this amount of whatever, it's bullshit. Exactly. That's the thing. And yeah, it's, it's essentially that. Just trying to, don't think about this is a perfect way. Just try to find what's the perfect way for yourself. And that means having more carbs and it's more carbs and it means going a bit more low fat high protein or something like that then that's the way it is but yeah yeah there's no one perfect diet one perfect supplement or whatnot yeah it's it's a scary thing to because it is so individual with everyone and i've started um my like nutrition and coaching company Mm -hmm. now i don't know if i've told you this but um, yeah yeah. I've i've started doing some clients and stuff and um, I'm yet to have anyone who <clears throat> particularly wants to work on emotional eating and, and like, you know, mm-hmm. work on, work on their kind of relationship with food. But it is a scary thing because I know, like, I know how I did it and I know like several ways that people do it. And I, I know kind of, you know, how it works. And, um, I know that I'm qualified to, to, you know, help people understand food better and things, but yeah, it's still scary because I know how individual it is. It's like, I feel like, Oh, like what's the best way to do it. But exactly. Um, I think it is just, you know, just educating people that, you know, there are all these, these are all lies and getting them to yeah. understand it themselves. I think that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also wanted to ask, and um, this is a bit of a difficult question. I, I'm aware. So, you know, if you, if you, if you need to think, do think. Um, okay. So often, like I said, in the research, tracking seems to tracking your diet and tracking your exercise you know there's kind of differing results in some studies but they Mm -hmm. seem to have a relationship with higher disordered symptoms eating disorder symptoms yeah what what do you think made it different for you Hmm. yeah that is a pretty good question um i think for me the main thing was that i had someone i could relate with right so that nutrition coach i was working with related with me and she knew what I was dealing with. So to kind of clarify for everyone else, like, yes, I had a really good positive experience with tracking, but that doesn't mean everything was positive. Right. So I still had that feeling of guilt. I still had that. Oh, I can't go off my macros. What happens if I go off my macros? Do I just blow it out and just go like binge eating? Um, and I sometimes did have those days, but, what happened was that, so every week I would kind of tell, I'd email my nutrition coach how I went with that week. And I was completely honest at this point. Like I would tell her if I binge ate, I, I told her if I felt guilty, I would tell her. 
And having that kind of feedback from her is what really helped. Mm. And I think what was different for me is that I had that help of someone who went, went through what I, I did. And as, as, as the months went by with me tracking, we really worked on, okay, let's track, but let's try to make sure you're not feeling guilty. So if you happen to have a pizza one day, it's fine. You went over your macros, you're a very disciplined person. So, you know, you'll fix it the next day. Mm. It's, and I think for me, it was a lot about, you know, finding out who I was and just being confident that if I did overeat or whatnot, I'm a very diff disciplined person. You know, I train a lot. It's going to be okay. Um, and one day is not going to do anything about that. So being able to relate with someone was a huge thing and that, you know, helped me. Next thing, I think because I was also using tracking to improve my performance, I was learning a lot about sports nutrition, how my nutrition could improve my performance. So it wasn't just an experience of improving my disordered eating, but it was also a way of improving my performance. So I had a little bit of fun and it challenged me a bit. And I think that's, that's a huge part. If you're just, if you're just in a diet without, I wouldn't say, so what I would say is that whenever you're trying to improve your nutrition and whatnot, you always have to have goals. You know, some people just, you know, decide to cut out whatever and what this, just because they want to lose weight, but they don't really have a true purpose. And for me, I kind of define those goals as, you know, improving my performance, disordered eating. So I felt I had very clear goals of what I had to do. And that really helped, you know, whenever I had a, a comeback or a negative thing to just like focus back. Okay. These are my goals mm. and, you know, improving, removing that guilt is one of my goals. So if I did feel guilty one day, it's like, okay, I know I have to go through this, but with the stage of that, I'm going to improve. Mm. That, so, that's a, that's a really good point. That is because again, um, speaking about the research, uh, in when they've looked at um, the one I'm thinking of particularly looked at compulsive exercise, but um, yeah. compulsive exercise is incredibly strongly um, has an incredibly strong relationship with eating disorders so much so that yeah. some researchers think that you can't have one without the other. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I think, I think that there are cases where that's not the case, but you know, is it that it's that strong? Um, and when, when they asked people who compulsively exercise um, why they do it, the ones that did it for a physique reason. So you know, you were saying like losing weight or, you know, trying to look different. They, yeah. they tended to have the highest amounts of compulsive exercise, the highest amounts right. of disordered eating. So I, that's something I often say to people is, you know, I know it's really difficult, especially in society these days with all the Instagram photos and, you know, people always looking yeah. at physique, but try and have a goal that isn't physique related. And um, because, you know, if you, you know, I, try not to think about this but you know if you have a goal that's not physique related odds are you're gonna end your physique's gonna change anyway the way you want yeah. it to so i know yeah. i try not to think about it that way but you know odds are it's gonna happen anyway but mm. you're gonna feel so much better mentally because you're not thinking about that and that's not exactly what makes you making you worthy yeah yeah and that was that was for me like another yeah big part and another thing we kind of worked out worked on was 
training less. So I was, like I said before, I was probably training six to seven days a week mm. and I cut down to three or four and I was still looking fine and eating more than I was before. And it was that relief of like, wow, I don't have to be training 24 seven mm. to be eating a huge amount of food. Like I can be training three to four days, you know, hit it hard those days, but then I could be eating more than I was and taking more rest, which my body's going to appreciate. Mm. And having more rest, eating more is when your body changes and I, I increased my weight, got better. So I think those were, that's that what added more to like this positive aspect of it is that having that help realizing these things um, is what really helped me as well. Mm. And I think one last thing that really was, that really helped me is that when I started tracking, I said, okay, what else can I get from this? And it's that sense of, you know, being able to not needing a scale to know how many carbs there are in a banana or in, you know, a cup of rice. And, you know, I probably can't give you the exact number, but that helped me like, all right, you know, kind of a chicken breast has about 25 to 30 grams of protein. So if anyone else you know, like comes to me, like for advice, I could, you know, I could kind of tell them like, okay, that's too much carbs. This is not too much, or you need more. And I can kind of give them, um, all right, so you can have a banana before training or something like that. So I use that, the, the tracking as a way to improve kind of my nutrition skills and giving advice and how much to eat or what to eat, or if they were looking for a certain amount in a certain meal. And so it's like another goal, isn't it? Another one that's away from the physique. Yeah. Um, it's just, just having fun with it and just kind of trying to keep an open mind and learning from everything I could. Um, so that's, that's what really helped me. And yeah, definitely those were kind of the things I added to my positive experience. Yeah. And I think, I think else. that's, I think those are things that people can implement and, and are they're really good ideas. And I, yeah, I, I agree. Um, do you, so kind of final question before we, before we wrap up, do mm -hmm. you still currently track? And if so, how, how is it going? How do you feel? Yeah. About it? So I, I still, I still track at the moment. Uh, but I, I think I've told you this uh, before. I'm trying to get away from tracking now. And um, just because I, I feel I'm already at a stage where I can kind of eat with intuition and still, still be all right um but having tracked for a really long time it's kind of just hard to go from one stage to the next um i, I resonate doing... with that it was really hard for me as well yeah um so i like people could see that as a negative thing like okay he's kind of obsessed with tracking but it's not in that sense it's just like i guess i've just gotten so used to it and I guess I'm still at that state where I'm playing around. So like you, I don't track my veggies anymore. And now it's like, all right, I know how much macros I have to eat kind of, but if I go over or under, I'm not, you know, I'm not having to put into my fitness pal at the end of the day. Okay. Have a cup, like a teaspoon of olive oil and then like half a banana to like get my macros. No, mm -hmm. like if I, don't make it and I'm satisfied for the day, then I just leave it. Yeah. So, it, so say, yeah, I, it saves time as well, doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah having to so do that. Much time. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. So, and I kind of started that because I got into this program uh, by Eric Helms and that's tr 
moving away from tracking and it kind of helps a lot so mm. yeah you just save time and then I don't know I feel confident enough now but again I'm just going step by step because I don't think going from one to the other is also a very healthy thing to do either. I think I remember you telling me about this um, the, the Eric Helms thing um, mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't checked it out properly yet but I'll have to, I'll have, to have a look after this. Yeah it's yeah. good I mean it's just a, like a kind of online course that just for anyone that has been tracking a long time and already feels like they can move away from it it's just like it's an online course of different stages you can take of how you can easily move away from tracking and mm. and still be comfortable. I have to look at that definitely. That might be helpful as well for me for my my yeah. nutrition and coaching stuff. So mm-hmm. anyway, thank you so much, G. Uh, ahead, yeah, you're welcome. Here. Um, just to wrap up, um, for the listeners watching, if anyone, how can people find you? Um, do you have any social medias or anything like that? Um, funny enough, I'm, I'm not a guy who's on social media at the moment, so I really don't have any kind of form of social media. I do have Twitter, but to be completely honest with you, I don't remember my Twitter name. So (laughs) (laughs) that's how, that's how much I'm not into social media. Um, so it's, it's quite a hard one. Um, that's like a, that's a very unique ending though. It's very different. Um, it's not, not, not the norm these days, but that's a, that's a, it's probably, I'll probably have to get more into it now if I'm trying to gonna make my own business or probably improve, you know, help people with nutrition. It's mm. probably the main, uh, you know, format you can kind of help people out. But at the moment, since I'm kind of taking some time off, I'm like, I'm off with everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, people who want to get in touch, you just have to re-listen to the podcast and, and wait. <laughs> <laughs> Until uh, a social media comes out. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you again. Um, you're very welcome it's my pleasure thank you for everyone listening uh thank you again for listening to the podcast if this is your first time i hope you enjoyed it please listen to any of the other ones we've we've got on um and yeah i'll see you all in the next episode bye thank you so much for listening to that episode here at Maya Minds, we're trying to raise awareness for all the things that we speak about in this podcast. So please, if you can, give it a share. Each and every one of you has the potential to help us with that. Also, if you want to check out mayaminds.com, please do. You can see all our social media things on there. And we'd love to have you contributing more as a part of our community. Thank you.